0: So the young black about sports I am your boy Q, and we're working a little shorthanded today. Um, <laughs> we're working a little shorthanded today. Um, our gracious co-host Greg um, uh, came down with the case of the COVID, um, so he is currently recovering. So, just um, for those of you who uh, were looking to listen to young black tomorrow. We will not have a show. I know a lot my stereo is probably going to be on pause as well. Um, and actually usually on Wednesdays, um, until he <clears throat> feels a little better. Um, we did talk to him today. He is having a little bit of symptoms, um, but we're definitely wishing for a speedy recovery for him. um, um I definitely want it to be recovery because he has a, a wedding to attend, and she may not be able to now. His sister's getting married. Um, but in any case, Greg, feel better. Um, I hope you ordered that similar tea that we told you to get yesterday, that uh, we texted you in the group chat. Uh, hopefully, that is doing some wonders for you, helping you to get better. Uh, I am joined our co-host tonight. Go ahead and say who you are.
1: What's going on, everybody? It's Lou. Uh, hope everybody had a good week, had a good Mother's Day. Uh, let's get into it.
0: Pam is currently um, being a mom right now put, and getting her, get her baby together to put her down for a bit. Uh, so she will be on in a second. Hello, Cashley. Thanks for joining and listening tonight. Um, and let's go ahead and get the show on the road. First of all, how was everyone's Mother's Day, everyone's past week? Um, I think I've already said my Mother's Day, baby. <laughs> um, how I celebrate, well, how I don't celebrate, because I haven't really celebrated Mother's Day since my mother passed away 10 years ago. i um Tomorrow, actually, May 10th, would have been her 57th birthday. So all of those feelings and everything that I felt yesterday, uh, well, Sunday for Mother's Day, I get to repeat them all over again tomorrow. But hopefully I'm going to try to make it enjoyable. Um, I'm going to try to cook cook a special meal, something that she would have loved to have if she was here with us. Um, because, you know, although she's not here physically, uh, she still is here. She still is here with, with me and my brother and my sister, um, in, in spirit. Um, so going I try not to be, I know my sister wasn't sad. I am the one, I guess for me being the oldest, it hit me the hardest. Um, and it, and it has since the last 10 years hit me, you know, it's been, uh, <laughs> been a wild ride i would just say that um but we're going to try to make it enjoyable um tomorrow in dc is going to be i think 75 or 76 degrees so it'd be fun to sit out on the balcony and just you know remember the good times Uh, but how was everyone else's mother's Day?
1: uh kind of uneventful just hung out at home and you know uh i did the daily chores So the kids helped a little bit too. So she got to relax a little bit. My wife did. So yeah, you know, all in all, it wasn't bad. It was all right.
0: Well, that's good. That's good to hear. Um, That's good to hear. Uh, I don't know if Pam's still with attending to her baby, but hopefully, she had an enjoyable Mother's Day as well. Um, and with that being said. Uh we'll wait until she comes back on uh, the a segment. So let's talk a little, talk a little football uh, for the time being. Right. We had a few stories come out uh, this week. Um, not much from the, from the NFL side, but it is put up a shut up time for Jalen Hurts. So... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> It is put up or shut up time for Jalen Hurts. So, you know, the, the Eagles during the draft they traded for um, for AJ Brown to improve the rivalry between them in Philly because all they had was la- all they had last year was Devontae Smith and a bunch of scrubs. So, um, the brass in Philadelphia is hoping that that trade helps um, Jalen Hurts develop more as a pocket passer because we know we all know his. Dual threat ability um, with his with, with running the football, um, but they're trying to improve him as a as a pocket passer um, because last year he only had I think 14 passing touchdowns over 16 games, um, and they're trying to figure out because after this season, <coughs> excuse me, after this season, he is eligible. He is extension eligible, and we know how much. Uh, Quarterback salaries have exploded in the past couple of years. Um, And Fully needs to to know if they found their quarterback of the future, their franchise franchise quarterback, or if they need to dip into the 2023 pool and get one of the heralded heralded quarterbacks that's coming out in 2023, um, uh, uh, including CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Alabama thoughts.
1: So, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like you said, it's his. Uh, he's going to have to come out and ball out. I mean, you know, do they have their guy, or like you said, do they going to have to draft another one? So he's got a lot to prove. And they gave him another good weapon uh, and AJ Brown. Uh, they got a good running game, I believe. You know, Miles Sanders, and uh, you know, uh, I can't remember who the backup is. Um, but, uh, you uh, last, know...
0: Last year it was Jordan Howard.
1: Okay, yeah, that's right, Jordan Howard. But, I mean, you know, if the running game stays good and, you know, like you said, dual threat, everything like that, then, you know, he, he should be set to improve a lot this year. Well,
0: that's... Fully is definitely an open-sell. So. I mean, they cashed in their first-round pick to get to get A.J. Brown and then gave him $100 mm-hmm. million. So they need to make sure... That um, before they invest 150 million dollars in Jalen Hurts, because you know that's the going quarterback right at this point, they need to know yeah. that we can actually get him and Devontae Smith the ball, right? And no egg will Dallas Goddard. Don't forget about him either. <clears throat> um, so
2: yeah, I mean, this is
0: a big, big. This is a this is a huge deal. This is this is. I guess, like I said, it's Jalen Hurts needs to put up. Or ship out.
1: Right, right. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, so that's that. also. show uh, another in other quarterback news, we you know Baker Mayfield is still in Cleveland It don't look like he's going anywhere anytime soon, at least not until sometime in June, or when a big quarterback or when a team really gets desperate and says, hey, we need to get a We need to get a quarterback. Um, but he did say over the last week that he would have welcomed the trade to Carolina, and the reason why he, he said he would have welcomed that trade because he simply just for the cheap for the simple chance to just play. Right. So, sure. your thoughts on well on Baker. didn't he come?
1: though, no, didn't he come out a couple weeks ago? Um, the Panthers wide receiver, uh, Robbie Anderson, I believe it was. Uh, when they asked him about, you know, what, what does he think about Baker if, you know, if they traded for him? And he straight up was like, no, no, please, no, no, no. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, you know, I mean, they drafted, um, uh, who did they get in the draft? Uh Corral? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yes, they did drive Matt Corral. There's also more Baker news and why. Like, um, some comments that he made that, that indicated how Cleveland poisoned the well. Um, mm-hmm. He said that when Odell Beckham Jr. was released, that pretty much put, it, put the kibosh on any relationship that he had with the team, with, his, with uh, fellow players, uh, there, there were comments made, um, you know, when Odell's dead, um, released that tape, um, that yeah, he, oh, uh, yeah, I
1: forgot about that.
0: A Browns player said, Have you seen it? He was like, No, why do I need to see the tape? I see it every day in practice. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I'll tell you the one thing, I, I mean, you know. He, he, you know, is a lot of people know that, you know, I'm a Steelers fan. Okay. So, and I live an hour west of Cleveland. Cleveland did him wrong. They, they really did Baker wrong. They did.
0: Baker was healthy. We, I he got to remember he had a torn label. He played with a torn label since week mm-hmm. two of um, the 2021 season. So he wasn't healthy. Right. He wasn't healthy. No, he
1: wasn't healthy. But you know, from what Baker says anyway, I mean, you know, who knows if you could trust him or not. But um you know, the front office told him, you know, it you know, it's your job. It, you know, we trust in you, we believe in you, you know, it it's yours to lose, blah blah blah. And then boom, they go out and get Deshaun Watson and just give him everything. <laughs> so you know, I, I kinda feel bad for him, but he'll he'll catch on somewhere. He'll definitely catch
2: on Some. I mean, it's just, it, it,
0: it's really shocking because you haven't seen in Seattle that doesn't have an answer to quarterback they should, you know, right now. Right. Ever since they traded Russell Wilson. I think, and like I said, it may have been because this quarterback class was such garbage. Seattle, he, he, so here's the thing. So here's the thing. Baker is owed 18.9 million this season if he's not released. What team is trading for him? Nobody. And what sense does Seattle have to trade for him when they can roll out Drew Locke, who's only owed, I think, 2.6 or 2.7 million dollars? Tank this year. Absolutely tank. Like maybe when. Maybe they'll win three games, four games. I mean, you have receivers like Tyler Lockett and DJ Metcalf. Yeah, they're going to give you a chance, but right. why not? Lo- why not lose? Get one of, get one. Get a high pick in the draft next year. And thank you to this motorcycle asshole. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but why not? Yeah, why not? Why not just punt the season? This upcoming season, lose as many games as you can. You can, and then to have a chance one of the I told you who the headliners for the twenty three mm-hmm. class, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Why not? Well maybe that's, maybe that's
1: maybe maybe that's Pete Carroll's uh maybe that's his plan
0: right now. Well it's certainly I not mean, because, like because Pete Carroll exactly already, he has said that um we don't anticipate trade for anybody. You know, we right. are just going to gonna ride this one out, pretty much.
1: And then he, he he did say, you know, we're we're open to, like, listen to, you know, whatever offers or ideas or whatnot. But, I mean, you know, you can't believe him.
0: <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, it's really interesting. And like I said, who is trading for Baker Mayfield when all they have to do is wait? And that's a is probably plan. going to cut him. He's I think they have to, to cut him by knowledge. a
1: certain. They have to cut him by a certain date, or they have to pay him that money, right? Or is that money guaranteed regardless? Uh, that, it's
0: guaranteed. Oh, the well. 50 option, a fifth year option is fully guaranteed. That's I mean, the, you and I—that's the point of getting a first, uh, getting a quarterback in the first round. You got have that, as right? As
1: well, that's what I'm saying. They went out and got Deshaun Watson. They went out and um, signed Jacoby Brissett. So, I mean, you know,
0: they, they didn't just go get Deshaun Watson. They paid, him, they paid him a pretty penny. And they gave up half of their draft in the next six years.
1: Yes, they did. Because they're in win-now no, win mode. So, um, and, and, again, we don't even know if Deshaun's going to play all 60 games. He might get suspended, or he should get suspended for at least the first, you know, six to eight games.
0: Well,
2: I look at so that, you know, I, in terms
0: of the suspension, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going below six. I think. Oh no, I I, actually, I don't. I think, I think I think Goodell, I think Goodell is going to pull an MLB and suspend him for the entire season. Oh really? I I, I just have that feeling. I just have that feeling. I mean, now you're maybe. you maybe. You have precedence with with Trevor mm-hmm. Bauer, even though two different sports. with yeah, man, but you have presidents over that man. Like Trevor Bauer wasn't wasn't criminally charged. Um, <clears throat> wasn't criminally charged. Yet. but, but not only did baseball, baseball, pretty much suspend him all of last season, just about all of last season, except for like the first month. Right. That's now a three-year suspension for Trevor mm-hmm. Bauer. So the NFL, like I said, there is some precedence now in suspending him for an entire season. I don't want to revice into it. I don't want to race into it, but it's also a racial with faction too. And I
2: hate, well,
0: to I, I, mean, I hate I I hate, you know, I hate I hate to say it. I hate to be a bearer of bad news, but I think that's probably what's gonna happen. It's gonna be no less than six. It's going to be no less than six, because that's what Ben got. That's what Ben rotten so they got. What fifteen years? Right, ago. right. They got a Six got a six game suspension, which eventually was knocked down to four or three. Um. Oh wow. So, like I say, I don't think it's, it's nothing lower than six. He probably misses half the season. My bet and my call is he misses the entire season. That was it. Was a reason. By Cleveland. When they gave him that new when they tore up his old contract and gave him that new one, they signed him for a million dollars. Right. Because right. suspension well, money <clears throat> suspension money is only taken out of the base pay. They don't touch the bonuses.
1: Well, and that's the other thing too. That that's probably another reason why they're not cutting Baker Mayfield yet either. They they're probably holding on to him until they find out what the suspension that Deshaun Watson's gonna get too. So
0: but here's the thing, like, you know, that suspension is not going to come down until the last weekend of the preseason. So week three of the preseason, that's when, that's when they're the suspension. Like, it'll let you think, oh, he's good to go for the season, and then Goodell is going to bring that hammer right before the season starts. So right. they're kind of in, yeah, one, Baker has no leverage. Cleveland oh, has no. no leverage. Cleveland has no leverage. Because no one's trading for him, especially in you know, the final year of his contract. Final year of his contract. And why send, why take on 18, $19 million in salary when I mean, we can just wait a couple of weeks and sign him for the league minimum? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an interesting story in Cleveland. Um, yeah, Cadell needs to make a decision. I think that will make a decision. All right, do we need to hold on to Baker right now or can we cut him loose? <coughs> and I think, I think the ultimate decision is going to be to go cut him loose because no one's trading for the contract. I mean, he had yeah. two years left, yeah, but again, Baker has no leverage because it's clear as day that Cleveland, didn't want, Cleveland doesn't want him anymore and Cleveland doesn't have any leverage because it's clear to the NFL that Cleveland didn't want him because they traded for Deshaun Watson. So it's a wholly complicated decision in Cleveland. Good luck to them with no first-round picks for the next four years. Moving, on, moving right along. So we briefly brought up we briefly brought up the uh, AJ Brown situation when we traded to Philly. How uh, we now know why money that great hard-anger money. He wanted a contract that was worth at least twenty million dollars. The Titans offered 16 with uh incentives to get him that to get him to 20 right whom um. um how much how much was it so his contract with Philly is 20 It's four years 100 million dollars that's what that's about an average annual value of 25 million dollars a year he wanted Tennessee to give him 20. Tennessee said the was saying no. Because in three years, uh AJ Brown's only played a full 15 game season or 17-game season one time with many okay. different injuries throughout those three with, with different injuries throughout those three years. Even though <clears throat> he went over a thousand yards, he was a pro bowler. Uh, but you know, he would miss three, four games you know, two, three, four games at a time. Um right. so they were leery about giving him giving him Devontae Adams money when he can't stay on the field. Well not even Devontae uh, Adams money. They paid him uh, uh the guy? Uh, Christian Kirk Tyreek. Yeah. Oh. You know? <laughs> so you know Well it's all guy. up to Philly
1: now. I mean you, Yeah. yeah. They they wanted to give um Jalen Hurts at number one and they don't think that Devontae Smith is that number one, so they want to get a clear number one.
0: But yeah, Devontae so Smith they, was never going to be a true number one. Like he no. height wise and you know, his his game is not as number one receiver. Right now. Could right, he? Right. Could he? Yeah. We'll see. I mean, Poss- we possibly, had, we possibly. I mean, we have a <clears throat> we have a situation here in Washington where Terry McLaurin was not pegged to be a number one, but he's a clear number one. So I'm not saying that it's not possible for uh, for Devontae Smith. I just know right now he's not a number one, and that's exactly what. And you know, I hate him, but that's exactly what you uh, want with Jalen Hurts. He he's a true number one and. Yeah. Philly hasn't had another one receiver since uh Deshaun Jackson was in his prime. Right. They thought they had one at Alshon Sean but Alshon Jeffries didn't stay on the field. Uh, so and, yeah. It, I don't know. It's, it's interesting times in the NFL. Interesting times in the NFL. So our last little NFL story of the week, what happened today actually, uh Toy Smith. Who uh, uh, played with Carson Wentz in Philly, want to ring with him in Philly? He says he went on NFL, <clears throat> on Good Morning NFL, and, and he laid out a three minute case as to why he thinks that Carson Wentz, or as I call him, Carson Heineken, is going to have a breakout year in Washington and resurrect his career as a franchise starting quarterback.
1: I mean, again, possibly <laughs> it c- could happen. Will it happen? I have no clue. Right, <laughs> you, you know, you, you have to wait till preseason. See how looks at preseason. So, uh, I, I honestly, I mean, you're the you're the Washington fan, so
0: you know I more about the team than I do. I absolutely don't believe in Carson Wentz. No, I don't. I don't. I think that either team or um, or Sam Howell, or, or, or one of those two would be the starting quarterback at the end of the season, and, and Carson Wentz quits on the team. Now, he does have a better situation here in Washington, just in terms of offense, with Antonio Gibson, um, Terry McLaurin, um, the Jahan Dotson with the rookie from Penn State, mm-hmm. um... And if Logan Thomas and Curtis Samuel can get healthy and fill for sixteen to seventeen games this season, seventeen games this season, I think he has a better support cast in he had both in Philly and in Indianapolis. But I just don't think he gets it done. Prove me wrong. I would love to be proved wrong, but I don't. I just don't. You know. And I got to see. I got to see Carson Wentz like twice a year when he played the Philly. Right. I just don't see it. I don't see it. The only year I saw it, it was the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl and he couldn't play in the Super Bowl, he couldn't play in the playoffs when he
1: tour. Right. I don't know. Well, and and here's the other thing you gotta think of too. And I don't know, like I said, you know the team better than I do. How's their
0: offensive line? Well, the offensive line was a big, big piece of Brandon Sheriff, but we all knew Brandon Sheriff was leaving anyway. No um they did win. Um, they did go and sign uh, um, a guard that played with line right down the round Rivera I don't remember his name right now. Um, the, the, the offensive line is returning four starters well, three three starters. Um, because uh, Eric Flowers is not from free agency as well. We go to Jacksonville. Um, <clears throat> but the line was actually one of the team's strengths, it's just that. Was one of the team shirts last year. It's just that Taylor Heineke kept running in the sacks. Gotcha. Taylor Heineke kept running in the sacks. Half the sacks that he took were his fault. And Taylor Heineke didn't have the arm strength that has not even an, an iota of the arms shirt the Carson has. So that's why I think, that's why I, 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 I I want to believe Torrey Smith. Um, I'm a huge, I was a huge Torrey Smith fan when he went to New, uh, when he started at the University of Maryland. Um, so I'm I'm heavy, I'm big on Tor, on Torrey Smith, and I think he would know because he played with him. You know, he played with him. Yeah. I just don't see it happening. And if it happens, great. We may have found out. We may have finally, finally. I'm a franchise quarterback. But I'm not banking on it. <laughs> I but got you. I a, It's a wait
1: and see. Wait and see.
0: Definitely a wait and see right now. But from from what I've heard so far about Johan Johnson, like he was supposed to graduate. Uh, actually, he graduated from Penn State Saturday. He was going to skip graduation to be at practice. And Ron, Ron Rivera said, fuck oh, you no, take your ass and run across stage. So that tells you the work <laughs> effort. That tells right, you the work about it. I think from, I, from what I've been hearing and post-draft analysis about Jahan Dotson, I think I think we <laughs> I hope, pray to God, that we hit our own run to take some of that pressure off, and off the off of T But again, we will have to wait and see. We will have to right, wait and see. Right, right. And now that we have finished with our NFL and Pam has returned. Uh, from, <clears throat> from putting her baby down. We're going to move right into our wrestling update. Pam, hey, it's yours.
3: Thank you so much. This weekend was wrestling, uh, it was a lot going on. We had Impact Under Siege. Mia Yim came back and she actually returned there looking to challenge Diana Parazzo. That was a shocker for this weekend. We also had Derry's Backlash, which is going to be the main point of topic for me this session. Well, more so this segment, Uh, just because, to be honest, it didn't make any sense. I don't understand why we're calling it WrestleMania Backlash instead of just Backlash. But, you know, Vince likes what he likes and, you know, it kind of is what it is. So we'll just break down what's what happened at Backlash. So it was Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. And of course, Cody beat Seth. Believe it or not, that was the best match of the night. And it was the first match of the night, which really shocked me. Next, we had Omas versus Bobby Lashley. And Omas, of course, beat Bobby Lashley because why would you put him to be this unstoppable force to then get beat by Bobby Lashley? Considering Bobby Lashley just beat him at WrestleMania and there's not really much going on for Bobby Lashley anyway we had Edge versus AJ Styles, where Edge defeated AJ Styles by referee's decision. AJ Styles, essentially, what that means is he was out cold. He, he couldn't even tap out. He was just done. Um, and then we saw Rhea Ripley go and debut with Edge and Damian Priest. So, like we all kind of predicted, it more so fits her style, so I'm looking to see where that goes as far as their stable Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair in a I Quit match, and Ronda Rousey defeated Charlotte Flair, made her say I quit, and she is now the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Madcap Moss versus Happy Corbin, and Madcap Moss defeats Happy Corbin. I just feel like that would make sense in a storyline, but still, I I don't get, I don't get it. Like I like when it was Sad Corbin and his arc to go to happy corbin but now it's just it's just kind of all over the place and last but not least we had the bloodline versus drew mcintyre and rk bro both champions everyone champion actually except for drew mcintyre which i really don't want him to win. i'm over the drew mcintyre reign it was boring great during the pandemic great when fans came back but i'm kind of over it move on and of course we the ones day one on god mode Roman Reigns, The Usos, The Bloodline defeated Drew McIntyre and RK-Bro. Overall, whole pay-per-view, honestly, like a four out of ten. I honestly, yeah. And out of that four, three of it goes to just Cody and Seth because it was not that good. I really struggled to pay attention and to watch and stay into this pay-per-view. So do not recommend at all. Um but I do have two voice memos from my beautiful co host Miss Cashley where we discuss more in detail on Mel and Matt so I'm gonna play them. I think it was a WrestleMania. I think it was a WrestleMania. Think it was a I think it was a WrestleMania
2: redo. Like if there were some matches that you really didn't like, here's your chance to get a redo. That Charlotte and Ronda match um, still didn't do much for me this time around either. Um, <clears throat> I think they're just lacking a lot of chemistry. You know, it, it just wasn't no synergy. It didn't flow right, in my opinion. So I could have done without that mania redo match. I agree. The tag teams kind of carried that main event. Like the Usos and RK Burrow, I think they really carried it. <clears throat> They work really well together in the ring and put on really great matches. I think Roman and Drew were just kind of like compliments. Like, let's just throw them in there. And I think they really heard the backlash of them trying to unify the tag team titles. So it just wasn't going to go over
3: well. I also agree. I don't see the point in unifying the titles. I mean, you already have the main titles unified and Roman has to be on both shows. But then to unify the tag titles as well, the women's tag titles are already unified. I think, if anything, that should not be unified. Let there have be a Raw women's tag and a SmackDown women's tag. You know, more titles, yes, but that also gives more people on the roster a chance to be seen instead of having the same people on The same shows you have a big enough roster, Vince. You can definitely split these titles up, they don't have to be unified. Like, for Roman's sake, for the sake of that storyline, yes, it made sense, but now going forward, it just it, what was the point of bringing the Universal Championship then if you're going to just unify the titles? So, I definitely agree. Uh, the unification of titles just didn't make sense. This whole thing didn't make sense, and then what happened? To the Sasha Banks-Naomi versus Shayna and Natty match. I guess that got cut. Um, It just... This pay-per-view was not good. Not good at all. Um, It felt more to me like a SmackDown pay-per-view than anything. Even though they had Raw people on it, it felt more SmackDown-y vibes to it. And normally SmackDown is better. So in terms of how good it was, it was like a Raw episode, but it felt like as far as colors and dynamic, it felt very smacked on us. So Vince, do better. Definitely give it a 4 out of 10 with 3 of those points going to Cody and Seth. And yeah, that is my week in wrestling. It wasn't really much to that went on this week besides that. Um, AEW has a lot going on, so trying to figure out what's going on with the Owen Cup, but I'm excited to see where that goes. And Jade Cargill, of course, is the best, and she is still that bitch. So, on to you, Q. Take it away.
0: All right. Um, Thank you for that update this week. Again, you can always catch the line on the mat here on stereo. Help me out with the days, and maybe I'll change the days.
1: Or not. Um, but yeah. I'm, I'm not you know. sure. I believe yeah. it's on Tuesday. Is it on Tuesday? I
3: want to say... No, I want to say Thursdays. Thursdays,
1: right? Thursdays yeah.
3: Thank you, Lou, for yeah. paying attention and listening.
1: We appreciate it. <laughs> You're, you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome.
3: Yeah. Anyway, you
0: can find the element, find an element of that here on Thursdays live on Stereo, one Thursdays, and I believe the time is 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Talk me out that time.
3: Correct. The time the Good job,
0: there we go there we go <laughs> Well thank you well thank you for that update um and yeah we're gonna move on from here and talk a whole bunch of hope not we just talk to NFL NBA because the playoffs are underway I, I, you know what Lou I have been we're pleasantly very pleasantly surprised and very very happy with all of the playoffs so far. We've and only had one team to fire for Boston as well, and that was Brooklyn. Um, but mm-hmm. the series have been very tight to play. We have two series that are tied into um Phoenix and Dallas and uh, Philly and Miami. We have one game that's playing right now that may have reached its end by it's like five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Minnesota, not Minnesota, uh- <frey> Milwaukee and Boston. Do um, you have that game on? Can you give a quick update on that?
1: Uh, I don't have it on, but I can give you an update right now. There okay. is seven minutes left. Seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, and Boston is up by one ninety to eighty nine. Wow! Against Milwaukee. So wow. How
0: is Tatum? What is what is,
1: what is um, right now? I can tell you that. Also, give me one second. Tatum has 18 points, four assists, 13 rebounds. Okay. It's so it's still time. He, to get he, this he finally – yeah, he, he he showed up more this game than than the last one. I know that.
0: Uh, so you said it's what, uh, nine minutes left in the fourth? Seven. I uh, got like minutes. six and a half minutes. Six, six and a half, and a half left minutes, left yeah. in the fourth? Okay. Ooh, that's yep. that's going to go down to the wire. I get And we have, coming up after that game, we have Memphis and Golden State. State. Memphis and Golden State going into Game 4. Game 4 will not have John Morant in it uh, because of the injury he suffered in Game 3. That's what I want to talk about right now. That's what I want to talk about right now. So we have uh, Jordan Poole He's in a situation. Uh, I didn't watch the name, uh, but it was just watching the, the the highlights and everything, watching the Washington highlights. He appeared to grab John Morant's knee, and I think that's how he landed that knee injury. And right. I, okay. So, no flagrant or no other league discipline was brought about um, by the NBA on Jordan Poole. And yet he had... In Game Two, yeah Jimmy Brooks get a flagrant two and a one-game suspension for it for uh, a play that caused Gary Payton II to fracture his elbow. Mm-hmm. And we all had, and we all know about Game One, where Draymond Green got a flagrant two for catching. Was it Jared Jackson or was it Brandon Clark?
1: No, it was Brandon Clark.
0: And Brandon, caught him in mid-air. Um and that gave and that got him a flavor too, but no suspension. Right. What's up with the officiating with these playoffs? Because I, I there was like, there were complaints about walking Boston game three. Uh we know how tight and how physical this, this Golden State Memphis series has been, which I still have Memphis winning. Don't let me down, John Malane. Come on back, game five. Um, we had an incident well it's not really an officiating problem but we had an incident yesterday uh, on Sunday in game four of the Phoenix Dallas series where fans were put their hands on Chris Paul's mother and wife and other members of of his family what the hell was going
1: on? that's just fans being really really stupid (laughs) that is I mean they know before they even come in there that they're not supposed to do stuff like that. I I don't care if they're someone's, you know, if it's one of the players family or not, you don't put your hands on anybody. And especially if you're a man, especially if you're a man, you don't put your hands on a woman period.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, um, and and they showed a that uh, part a little, yeah, exactly. They showed a little video earlier on TV about that. And, it looked like the, the person they were escorting out. <coughs> mm-hmm. it, it, it looked like a kid. It, I mean, he looked like he was 16, 17 years old.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I so, but Chris Paul was understandably upset. Hey, I'll see you oh, later. of course. I'll see you later. And he had yeah, every I'm, right to be. That's his mother. Yeah, exactly. His, his mother and his wife. And his two children, his, his kids had to see that in a screen and statue. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at. I'm not more, I'm not mad at what Chris Paul tweeted. I'm not mad at his reaction. I'm not mad at him for being mad and being angry. He had every right to be. Like I would be too. Players, fans need to remember <clears throat> that players are human too. And, and the players have their families in the stands. And the same respect that we want the the play the same respect that the same respect that the NBA expects players to give the fans, fans need to reciprocate that to the players and to their families. Heckle, tease all you want, The minute you put your hands on somebody, whether it's, it's a over. player, whether it's a player family, or you just be out like disrespectful. The players should go. Players should be able to knock someone the fuck out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well. E- the Phoenix Suns
0: Chris, Chris Paul did that. He suspended the rest of the playoffs and well, right. the next year. But like that double standard, it's crazy.
1: Well, and I mean, you know, you you saw the tweet that Chris Paul put out earlier today, too, didn't you?
0: Yes,
1: I did. Okay, yeah. I mean, he said, you know, players can't say anything to the fans, but you know, the fans can put their hands on, you know, someone's family and stuff like that. F that. Mm-hmm. So. I, I, I 100% agree with them too. But the head coach of the uh, the Phoenix Suns, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Monty Wayne. Um, Monty Wayne, thank you. you. Yes. Um, he brought up a good point in a press conference uh, today that said, like, the families, you know, mothers, families, whatever, they should have special seats. Like, sure. you, Put 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 their families in the club suites or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. That way, you know they're there. They can see everything, and you know maybe some of them want to be closer to the action and everything. But you know, put them in the club seats. You know, you free food, beverages, everything. You can see everything. So, I thought that was a pretty good idea. What they should do.
0: I I think I think it's a great idea too. I think it's a great idea too. But I think doing that. I mean, yeah, course. We want to, we want to ensure their safety first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we also have to remember their fans too. They want to experience the action. Um, so I think it's a it's a push and pull with that. Um, but I do agree that it's like even if even if a section of even if a section of the of the arena, like on the lower bowl or close to the players' bench is reserved specifically for players' families, and you, okay, you, you yeah, that know, makes- And you buffer and you buffer off you buffer off that section to other fans. Like, you know, maybe like the first, you know, five or ten rows.
2: Right. You know, the first right. five or
0: ten rows are reserved for players' families, uh near their you know, near their team's benches. And you restrict fans in, in, in that sense. Um but I, I know. You know, just from someone who, who plays sports. You know, for me, it was running track. Um, you know, my, my mom wanted to cheer on her baby, right? <laughs> my mom wanted to cheer on her baby. So, you mm-hmm. know, she, yeah. that's, why, that's why I say it's a push-forward. push, push forward, man. You want, you definitely should ensure the safety of players' families. But those families want to experience, because they're fans too. They want to experience that. They want to experience the action. It's just—it's unfortunate that you have certain little assholes that mess it up, you know, and, and mess that experience up. And then on a day, on Mother's Day,
1: come on. Come or, on. It, well, yeah, right, right. And I saw something else that came out that said the the the, the people the, the whoever did this said that they were they they were offering hugs. No,
0: don't to touch my fans. That. don't don't touch my folks! Don't no no. no right? No. Yeah, I, I, saw right. I saw that. I saw that too. They wanted it. like I,
2: like, yeah. like get the hell out of me. here!
0: You <laughs> can wave. You can say hello. You know, you can ask for it for sure. They say no. Keep, keep moving. No, no, no! Like, you, you don't no don't, no 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 absolutely not absolutely not. So those fans were banned from American Airlines Center until 2023. Do you think should have been, they should have been banned longer or banned for life?
2: Yes.
1: I do. I mean, you, yeah. you go to any sporting event. That's any sporting event. You, you, what's the, One of the first things they tell you is, you know, don't touch the players. You know, I mean, yeah, it, it might not say anything don't about the players, players' families. Don't or run nothing. out onto the playing
0: surface. Don't run out onto the court. Don't run out onto right. the field. Don't run out. Don't run out on onto the diamond. Don't enter the playing surface. You know.
1: I mean, but but those, they they have they have a brain. Use it.
0: Yeah, That's all you know, I can say about I, it. You know what I mean? With, I'm not agreeing with the with the band as 2023. They should be banned for life. We should never have the opportunity, and, and not just at American Allies Center. not just in Dallas. They should never be allowed to go inside any NBA arena for the rest of their lives. Any, 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 anywhere an NBA game is being played, they should not be allowed to, to be in attendance for the rest of their lives. So I, I, I don't agree. I don't agree with to them only being banned from games from the building since 2022. What if they just go to somewhere else? Go like go to Phoenix or go to wherever Chris you know, is playing. No, they should not be allowed to be in the building ever again, in any NBA arena, ever again. That's just blatant disrespect. I hear you. That's just blatant disrespect. So I wanted to... <clears throat> I wanted to play again. Uh, I was hoping that um, I was hoping that Greg would be there, uh, but I I, I want to play again. Want to play buy or sell? And what we're buying or selling tonight? Uh, we're gonna make. And we're gonna keep this quick. We're buying okay. or selling. <laughs> we're buying or selling. Um, excuse me. Uh, it was one more NFL story I wanted to talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back around to that in a second, but I want to you to the, uh, the breakout stars of this current playoffs. Now, a couple of a couple of the names that I'm going to say their teams have already bowed out, but their play when they were in the playoffs um, makes them a breakout star. Uh, so, the first one, I for well, the first one, <clears throat> DeAndre Hunter. During the regular season, he averaged 13.4 points per game, 3.3 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 0.7 steals. Uh with a shoot with shooting splits of 44.2, on 2s, 37.9 on and threes, and 76.5% at the free throw line. His playoff stats in the six games or five games, six games, five games, whatever, however long that Miami Atlanta series was. His this these were his stats. <clears throat> 21.2 points. 3.8 rebounds, 0.6 assists, 0.8 steals, with shooting splits of 55.7% from two, uh, 46.2% from three, and 80% from the free throw line. Are you, so here's, here's, the, here's the argument for Deontay Hunter being a playoff star. Uh, the only player on this list who failed to make it out of the first round, Hunter's performance against the Miami Heat still deserves some recognition. With Miami, Howland, and Trey Young on every possession, which resulted in an average of 15.4 points and 31.9% shooting for the series. Jesus Christ. Uh, <clears> Atlanta <throat> okay. desperately needed someone else to step up offensively, a challenge that only Hunter answered. Having averaged just 10.8 points in the first in his first postseason with one a year ago, Hunter more than doubled his scoring average this time around, hitting jump shots and up threes with regularity. After connecting on 38.2% of his cash and shoot threes throughout the uh, during the regular season, Hunter drilled 47.6% of his assisted attempts against the Heat. He also ranked in the 93.8 percentile isolated isolation score in this postseason, registering 1.27 points for possession and 58.3% shooting. Uh while it was oh, So this was this is a terrific sign for an Atlanta team and need a star power to allow uh, around young. Hunter has shown flashes during his three seasons, but injuries have always seemed to derail any type of momentum has begun to accumulate. While he's not a playmaker by any means, the 24 year old has the tools to develop into a high level 3D wing. While it was a small sample size, Hunter looked good when healthy against one of the league's toughest defenses, including a 35 point, 11, 11 rebound performance in game five. The number one, the number four overall pick in 2019, injuries are the only thing holding Hunter back. So, by itself, the Hunter... Hunter's Becoming a
1: playoff breakout. Now, are we just buying or selling just the playoffs, or are you talking like going into the next the
0: season. season? Just the playoffs. And I guess we can add one in the next season,
1: too. But that's but like the main argument just the playoffs. Well, it, then I'll, I'll buy that because he was the star for Atlanta because Trey Young sucked on that series. Trey Young didn't, didn't hardly do anything that series. So, yeah, I will buy that.
2: Okay. I'm buying it, too.
0: And I think he can extend it to next season if, and only if, he can stay healthy, which he is not mm. proven able to do in the three years he's going to lose. Right. Okay. Next player. <clears throat> Brandon Clark, the Memphis Grizzlies. During the regular season, he averaged 10.4 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 1.1 blocks, and shooting splits of 64.4% from the field, 22.7% from three, and 65.4% from the free throw line. In the playoffs so far, he he was averaging 15.1 points, 8.4 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 1.1 1.1 blocks, shooting splits of 69.7% from the field, uh, not a single three-point made the playoffs, and 67.4% of the line. So okay. here's his argument: <clears throat> Brandon Clark has been a good big man off the bench for the past few years in Memphis, and now he has shined on his on his increased minutes his postseason. If a six-man award was given out during the playoffs, Clark would be the front runner right now. Among players who have come off the bench five times award this postseason, the 25-year-old ranks first in rebounds per game, second in scoring, sixth in blocks, and eighth in assists, making his impact across a variety of areas. His true shooting percentage of 71.2 ranks fourth among all postseason players, starters, and reserves. As a role man, Clark is generating 1.43 points per possession on 80% shooting. Better numbers than players like Joel Embiid, and we're going to
2: get to him
0: in a second. <laughs> Man out of, out of Io, Rudy Gobert, and even teammate Jared Jackson, Jr. who does a terrific job of staying within John Morant' on of site, timing his cuts to the basket, which often results in an emphatic slam. While his numbers have jumped, it seems to be more of an increase of a result of increased playing time, Memphis has gone smaller and quicker by using Steven Adams in limited minutes. Clark's per 36 numbers are remarkably similar between regular season, which was 19.2 points, 9.9 rebounds, 2.5 assists, and two blocks per 36 minutes. And the postseason, where he's averaging per, on a per 36 minute basis, 19, 18 and a half points, 10.3 rebounds, 2.8 assists, and 1.4 blocks. So increased opportunity has assisted his playoff breakout more than anything. Likely too small to be a regular starting center at 6'8 and 215 pounds and not enough of a three-point shooter to be a starting power forward for most teams. Clark is probably in his ideal role as a high minute six man one he pairs well next to Jackson. It's great that he's received more than opportunity, especially especially with a larger audience watching, but his breakout has been primarily because of the increase in playing time. So, question by yourself, mm-hmm. Brandon Clark, being you know, uh, having breakout playoff.
1: Um, hmm. I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna sell because he. And do you know why he gets the minutes that he does? Is because Jaron Jackson is always in foul trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, is he worthy of it? Sure, yeah. But, you know, eh, yeah, I'm gonna have to sell that one.
0: Okay, uh, I'm selling too. Uh, I think he needs to continue,
1: right, right. getting
0: more minutes. He has to get more minutes, and then if he continues to get more minutes, like if he, if this repeats next year. Didn't Dennis Dennis say clear buy. But right now it's right. I agree. Right now it's a <clears throat> All right, next player, Tyreek Maxi. During the regular season, he averaged 17 and a half points per game, 3.2 rebounds, 4.3 assists, 0.7 steals, with shooting splits of 48.5, 42.7 from three. And 86.6% from the free throw line. In the, in the postseason, he's averaging 22.4 points per game, 3.7 rebounds, 4.2 assists, nearly a steal per game, and his splits are 51.4, 415 half, and 92.3% from the free throw line. We all know Maxie became a household star, household name this season, because he played point guard. He was the starting point guard for the Sixers the entire season. He, um, so he, he completely had a breakout season
2: mm-hmm. during the regular
0: season. Um, and now his scoring has gone up from 58th in regular season scoring to 17th in the playoffs. His emergence as a primary scoring option in some nights has been out of necessity, be it Joel Embiid missing two games with a concussion, an over bone fracture. Or James Harding starting to show his age now in his 13th straight postseason. Maxi has become the sixth fifth, second leading, leading scorer behind the jumping Harden in uh, the offensive food chain in Philly. He's a nightmare to try to slow down in, in, the, in the open floor, but only Giannis to stream more transition possessions this postseason than Maxi. The 21 year old is shooting 62.5%. In transition and ranks in the uh, 87 and a half percentile overall. <clears throat> As Harton continues to slow down and B continues to receive the majority of the defensive attention, Maxey will be a critical piece of, of the Sixers moving forward. He's already moved past the present surprise stage into the this guy is the real deal in the sphere. With this playoff run confirming that Maxey's an elevated game. On the biggest stage when his team needs him the most, while it may be too early to say that Maxi is actually better than Harton, he's certainly the more important piece over the next few years. There's nothing about his play suggests it's unsustainable either. Buy yourself, buy yourself.
1: Oh, I'm buying. Yeah, he's he he's a legitimate star.
0: Blow me up, or,
1: or or he's gonna be. <laughs> it, up, yeah, Gally. just think of it. If Philly didn't have Harden, if they didn't have James Harden, Maxie would probably be up there probably top – I'll put him in top eight top 10. point guards. Top, six, top ten. Top ten. Yeah, top ten. Okay. Top ten. He, I mean, he's had, yeah, he, he had
0: an incredible breakout season this year. And we saw good of it last year when Ben Simmons decided to start acting like a, acting like a little girl. Um, but right. we really saw it this year because Philly had no choice but to play him. As right, right. To make him, the, make, him the, make him the starting point guard. So I am, yeah, give me all the shares of Tyler now. Buy them all. Buy, 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 buy. This one is another easy one. Okay. And we go down to Dallas and we meet up with Jalen Brunson.
1: Uh, yep, I knew it.
0: So his regular season stats. points per game, 3.9 rebounds, 4.8 assists, nearly a steal per game, 0.8. His splits were 50.2, 37.3, and 84% of the free throw ride. In the postseason, he's up to 24.1 points per game, 4.7 rebounds, nearly 5 rebounds a game, nearly 4 assists per game. Nearly a steal per game, and he's shooting 45.7% from the field, 33.3% from, from three, and 87.8% from the free throw line. So here's the case on Jalen Brunson. We all know what this is going to be. Following a stellar regular <laughs> season, Brunson has now jumped to 13th overall in postseason scoring, even ahead of players like Devin Booker, Jamar DeRozan, Carl Anthony Towns, and others. <laughs> His breakout began in Dallas's first three games of the playoffs against the Hitler Jazz with Luka Doncic with the sideline with the cap string. Brunson stepped into a primary score and playmaker role, averaging 32 points, 5.3 rebounds, and 5.3 assists while the Mavs took a 2-1 series lead. In our current NBA universe, where point guards are only getting taller and more athletic, Brunson is a throwback at six foot one. Instead, relying on his court awareness, dribble hesitation, and ability to finish in and around traffic and find his success. Only Luca and John Morant are averaging more drives per game than Brunson's 20.3, with only Luca generating scoring points off drives than than Brunson's 13.9. His ability to get into the teeth of the defense, despite not possessing daunch sides, Morant's athleticism. It's a testament to his overall skill set. While his scoring numbers suggest Brunson has arrived as a number one offensive option, that's probably a little too aggressive of a statement at this point. The Navs have a net rating of minus 5.1, and Brunson is on the floor this postseason without dodge. A number that jumps to plus 5.5 when the two share the court. We've also seen Brunson's shooting efficiency fall this postseason when asked to play a raw role. We saw that in. Uh, we got that picture when I read the splits. <laughs> it appears Brunson's ideal position is that still that of a complimentary scorer and playmaker rather than one who can carry a team by himself, like we say from Doncic, Moran, or others. Brunson has elevated himself into a Fred, Fred Van Vliet light level, a player who should flirt with all star status every year but isn't ready to be a true focal point. Either way, he's gonna get paid. This
1: summer in free agency buy or sell Jalen Brunson. I'm buying. Yeah, he's uh he he showed up because number one, he had to when Luca <laughs> was out in that first series for a few <laughs> games or whatnot. But yep. he's continuing, he's continuing to ball out even mm-hmm. when Luka's back now. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I'm definitely buying him. And, and you're right, gone. he is gonna yeah, he he's is gonna, gonna get, get paid. paid.
0: <laughs> and you know why? Not just because of his breakout season, because he is now the marquee free agent on the, on the market. Yep, he's the market, and, and not a lot of teams got money to sign him outright. So he's about to get paid very, very helpful
1: All all Mark Cuban has to do is just Get rid of one of those Shark Tank deals he did. He could pay him. He's got <laughs> exactly. money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: And our last player, our last player, going to, going to San Francisco, Jordan Poole. During the regular season, he averaged 18.7 points per game with 3.4 rebounds, 4 assists, uh, 0.8 steals. And his shooting splits were 44.8, 36.4, 92.5 from the free throw line. In the postseason, he's averaging 22.3 points per game, 3.3 rebounds, 5.9 assists, one steal, and his splits are 55.1, 44.7, and 87.1. Once upon a time, there was talk of the Warriors pulling, no pun intended, seriously. They young talent together to try and chase another star. A player like Bradley Bill, who could help their legendary backcourt with a few more title runs. With the emergence of Poole, no trade is necessary. The 22 year old has followed a breakout season with an even better start to the playoffs, increasing his scoring output, playmaking numbers, shooting efficiency, while Golden State has gone 5 and 2 so far. Poole has been, a, <coughs> been equally dangerous as a spot up option this postseason, where he's canning 45% of his catch and shoot threes, as he is in initiating for himself. Shooting 44.4% on focus and ranking in the 87.5 percentile as a pick and roll ball handler, averaging 1.12, 1.12 points per possession. His high level of play even allowed the Warriors to bring Stephen Curry, a two time MVP and three time NBA Final Champion, off the bench while he recovered from foot injury. <clears throat> Poole is second to Curry in the Warriors in scoring and is arguably the second best player now on a Golden State roster that also features Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Andrew Wiggins. His evolution as both an on- and off-ball threat has helped both Curry and Thompson maintain their previous playing styles while also easing their collective burden as they enter their early to mid-30s. He's the perfect third guard in Golden State, one should be re- who should be recognized as a bona fide star in this league. By still
1: Jordan Poole. Oh, bye. easily. Yeah he, yeah, he showed up, and and this goes like back to the beginning of the NBA season. I said, or I, I might not have said here. I might might have put it in our uh, Discord <clears throat> channel or something. <clears throat> but um, I thought Jordan Poole was going to get the Sixth Man of the Year award. Um, you know, he was just that good. But in the playoffs, when Curry was out, you know, for that uh, the first series or. Yeah, I mean just unbelievable the way he played, man. Unbelievable.
0: And all of those stats he's... are all of those stats are as of May sixth. All the stats okay. are
1: as of as of okay. May sixth.
2: Yeah, so yeah, he, he I mean he,
0: they
1: they can all just build on him, you know, as well with, with the exception of DeAndre Hunter, he's not in the playoffs anymore, but <laughs> um, but yeah, right. like like Cole, Brandon Clark, um, and um who was the other one? Oh, Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson. Jayla Brunson. You know, Brunson. So, yeah, they're just going to get better and better and better,
0: man. I agree. I think. Um, <clears throat> I think people laughed that when Jason K. got the head coaching job in Dallas, but what no? What better way to learn how to be a point guard than from one of the best point guards in NBA history? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, look at what. Look at what. I mean, y'all. You know, when he was in, when he was in um, Milwaukee, the transformational effect that only honestly came. Um Even when he was in, when he was in, um, in Brooklyn. And at one year, he had um, Darren Williams. The man can, yeah. Questionable yeah, totally as a coach. about that. Questionable as a, you know, there are some questions about his coaching ability. But the man can coach front guards. And I know Yonis yeah. is not a point. I know Giannis is not a point guard, but he has like he can he has point four uh instincts. Um the man can coach can coach point guards. I mean, just look at the season that Jalen Brunson has had this season. And also don't forget Luca.
1: Well yeah, Luka. that's uh <laughs> that's what I that's what I thought you were getting at. Like, you know, yeah, he can coach um Point guards, but I mean, does Luca really need? (laughs) You know, he doesn't need
0: much. He doesn't need much, right? But
1: that
2: extra seat,
0: the extra seasoning that Jason Kidd put into his game mm -hmm. makes him even more dangerous. And Dallas and Mark Cuban will be absolute fucktards if they let Robinson go. They fit right, hand in glove, and it's been an even better fit. Ever since they shipped Pozingas out and got Dinwiddie,
1: mm-hmm. I was going to bring yeah. up Dinwiddie, but he he's more or less like the third option. Mm-hmm. You know, behind Brunson and Luca. So, but I mean, man, I mean, a lot of people have underestimated Dallas.
0: A lot of people. I did. I thought. I thought they were. <laughs> I thought they was going to finish over five hundred, and then Jason <laughs> K will probably get fired. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. but, We're all a lot of mulligan though. Yeah, he got a mulligan this year. Man, we'll, see right. year. <laughs> we'll see next year. We'll see next year. All right, that was by yourself. That was by yourself. Now to the topic of discussion for the hour. Oh, actually the next five minutes. Everything <laughs> was decided today. <clears throat> and, well it was decided weeks ago, but it was announced that the Nikola Jokic has won his second straight MVP award. Uh, so he's gone back to back the last two seasons um, as the most valuable player in the NBA. Um, a lot of people are not happy that it was Jokic and that it was Jokic getting that getting that MVP award and not um Joel and Mm-hmm. Your thoughts?
1: I mean, I would like to see the vote. And
0: a and, 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 I, and go ahead. And, go yeah, ahead. I, I, need the, I need to see the vote. Yeah. I need to see the vote totals.
1: Yeah, I want to see how close it really
0: was. My secondary question to that: Okay, is, is Embiid getting punished because of the process? Because remember, Philly stunk for a long time. That's how they got Embiid. That's how they got them me is the least so, writers punishing Embiid because of the way that Philly acquired him. Because there's an argument. No, no. An, no, I'm saying, there, there is an argument. There, there's, an, there's, a, there's, a, there's an argument being made that you know, cause Embiid has been runner-up the last two seasons, two yokees. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are saying, well, we know why he didn't get the MVP award last year because he missed, what 20 fucking games. Right. There was no argument well, this year. Well, no, okay, this, no major injury argument where he missed like a, a chunk of time. The only chunk of time that he missed is when he had COVID.
1: Okay, here's – now, all right, MVP means what? Most valuable player, right? Yes. Now, does that mean most valuable player in the league or does that mean most valuable player to his team? I mean, you can make an argument for both. Exactly, it, it, you can make an argument for Giannis, too. I, I, that's why I I, I want to see the voting. I want to see how yeah, close it actually vote. was, because yeah, there's really no. I mean, everybody pretty much knew it was going to come down to <laughs> Joker and Mb. But it, it's really like it, it's a coin flip, in, in my opinion. Either one, I mean, e- either one. And I'm, you know, I'd be if, if Embiid won, a Joker lost. I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. Joker won. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so,
0: okay, so just a quick update: the Boston Milwaukee game has gone final. That series is now tied, actually. Mm. Boston yep. defeated the Milwaukee Bucks one sixteen to one hundred and eight, <laughs> and Al Horford, Al Horford. 30 <laughs> points 8 rebounds 3 assists Jason Tatum 30 points 13 rebounds 5 assists Jalen Brown 18 and wow Al Horford yeah, had, they, a to, had a turn back had yeah. a turn back
1: tonight he was drinking for the of youth tonight <laughs> I guess now Giannis wasn't
0: that bad Giannis 34 and 18 uh, but they got nothing else. Well, Brooke Lopez gave him seventeen. Drew Holiday only gave sixteen. He shot five for twenty
1: two. Ooh. Yeah, that's not a Drew game.
0: They miss Middleton. Chris Middleton so much in Milwaukee. Yeah. They miss him so much. Because Chris would have gave him at least twenty. Yeah,
1: I mean, and, then, and you have that, that third legitimate scorer, too. Without, like, have a, without, a, without like, having a floor.
0: Anytime you're getting 12 points from Wesley Matthews, that, uh, the, <laughs> the fossil that is Wesley Matthews Jr. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Grayson Allen, any shit. He was 3 for 7 for 7 points.
1: Uh, you, you also got to remember, though, Boston was like, they played great defense, too. And so
0: again, and also remember this, they were out of this too, because Bobby Williams did not play.
1: Oh, that's right. That is true.
0: Bobby Williams did not play. That's why Brook Lopez had 17 tonight. <laughs> uh, so, that game is over. That series is now 2-2. So all the one series is tied. Uh, we have Game Four coming up right now with the with the Grizzlies and the and the Warriors. That probably is going to go three one. Go to state, uh, but don't underestimate Memphis because actually Memphis won the regular season was twenty and five. When, um, when, when John. When didn't play. It was twenty and five or oh, fifteen and five. One of those. I'm I'm, yeah, I'm maybe a little off. On the, on the on the actual winning percentage, but don't sleep on don't sleep on Memphis and I, and Memphis is a very very deep team. Memphis, yep. Memphis is a very very deep team. They um, got a good bench. I'm really hoping that that series goes two two because I can't look, I put a bold position out last week that Memphis was going <laughs> to the Western Conference Finals and I need that to come to rich. <laughs> I need that to come to fruition. I need that to be not a fast.
1: <laughs> we shall we shall see.
0: <laughs> oh man! So, so yeah, I I think that this, you know the whole argument about you know indeed over Joker Joker over indeed uh, yeah I need to see what the voting votes. I really need to see what right. The I need to see how close. Like if it was neck and neck, okay. Yeah, but you can make an argument for both. But if it was one lopsided towards Jokic, I have not signed it. Even though Jokic did have to do a whole lot, a whole lot less. A whole lot less. Didn't have Michael Fortebook for eight games this season. Did not have um uh Jamal Murray. Didn't have Jamal, Jamal Murray, Murray the entire didn't have Jamal Murray the entire season. Anytime you're relying on Bones Highland, it was a nobody more and Will Barton, who forgets how to play at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I just need to see how close it I really need to see how close. I really need I really, really need to see how close it us. All right. Moving right along. Moving right along. Oh, yeah. So going back to the NFL for just a second. And I want to talk about, I want to talk about because um, this was um in this was in a, the uh, this was in uh, uh the uh, shit, what's his name? Peter King's uh football morning in America. Oh okay. About how there are some general managers in the in the NFL who are saying that they could see wide receivers. Becoming valued like running backs. Basically, you don't sign them to a second contract. You get everything you to get out of that rookie contract, you cut them or don't re sign them, and you can get another one in the draft. This is what so this is what uh, Peter King said when he spoke to a general manager and believed the market may begin to correct itself. He saw all these big contracts get doled out to line receivers like candy. And teams didn't want to pay, so they traded them away. And then the receiving team paid them. Tyree Kill, Javante Adams, A.J. Brown. Uh, you could throw in Christian Kirk. You know, he wasn't traded; he was just signed out, right? So this is what that general manager said. Quote, I can see the receiver position becoming like running backs. Get as much out of the receiver in his first contract, and then after four or five years, let him go and draft another one high. There are so many good receivers now, I'm not sure they're all going to get paid going forward. And <clears throat> the reason he makes this general manager uh, makes this argument to Peter King because of this. Devontae Adams, five years, $140 million, signed a record-setting deal with the Las Vegas negatives before Tigre Kill, at four years, $120 million, surpassed them. A.J. Brown, four years, $100 million, and Stefan Diggs. Four years 96 means were both paid handsomely this offseason as well. That has led many to wonder whether there's a paradigm shift in how wideouts are viewed at the top end. Perhaps it could be like the quarterback position, where the best pass catchers reset the market almost every year. The GM's comments to Peter King suggests differently. And he suggests differently because of this fact. Adam, Hill, and Brown were all traded before they signed the contracts, And more teams can balk at retaining even elite receivers. That could lead to accompanying the valuing of the position, just like the running back. The comparison to how running backs have lost a lot of bargaining power could be slightly off-base, though. <clears throat> the fact that Christian McCaffrey, the NFL's highest-paid running back, is making slightly more than half of what Hill will earn is not simply down to supply and demand. It's also a reflection of how the running game has been, has been de-emphasized. So I want to throw this from that actually. Mm-hmm. These are the leading rushers of the last five, of the last five Super Bowl winning chance, of the Super Bowl of the last five Super Bowl champions. In 2017, with Garrett, he had a 766 yards oh, He had 766 yards that season. <coughs> 2018, Sony Michelle. 931 yards, 2019, Damian Williams, 498 yards, 2020, Ronald Jones II, 978 yards, and 2021, the Los Angeles Rams, Sony Michelle, 845 yards. Having an elite ground game is beneficial, but not a necessity to win a championship. Teams can't be that dismissive with their aerial attack. There's no question the draft is photo brown for the outs. The 2019 draft alone has seen six different pass catchers used to follow. The hit rate is not 100%. Maybe you wind up with Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson. In addition, you are going to missing on a receiver with a high draft rate isn't the same as whiffing on a running back in the middle rounds because of the different premiums the position's command, unless you're uh fake one Barkley. <laughs> Looking forward, the Green Bay Packers, Kansas City Chiefs, Tennessee Titans will all be test cases for the GM's theory on receivers. So, my question to you is here Do you see a paradigm shift happening in which the wide receiver position? Because we just witnessed a draft where half the board would ride receivers. This was the, one of the deepest drafts in recent memory for wide receivers. Do you see the wide receiver position become devalued the same way as the running back position has become?
1: No. No. Not at all. I, I mean cuz if if the wide receiver <laughs> position becomes devalued then wouldn't the quarterback position be devalued also? I don't I think mean, quarterback.
0: I don't think quarterback will ever be devalued. Not not I don't think so either. the way not the way that the NFL game is set up now. The NFL game is set up for passes to throw for five, six thousand yards a season. Because you got PI OPI, DPI. You can't touch a receiver after five yards. If you breathe on them, it's a it's a it's a pass interference penalty. You can't touch a quarterback. You lay a you breathe on a quarterback, it's a 15 yard, it's a 15 yard penalty. <clears throat> um I mean I don't think I don't think I don't think the quarterback position will ever be the value. I think their market is gonna to continue to be reset every year because every, all the things that a quarterback has to do on the field, they are they are they are literally, they're like a point guard in basketball. They are the extension of the head coach. That's why that's why teams are spent sending four first round picks to get that franchise quarterback. Looking at you, Cleveland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay well then you'll just have or this just proves to you how important it is to have a good backup running you know what I mean you you you've got your, your stud starter and then you get a really really good backup
0: mm-hmm.
1: so um yeah <sighs> See, like, like you said, like the last five Super Bowls. Last I got to say, like, Ronald Jones wasn't the starter. I don't think during was, that Super was, Bowl, it was Fournette. He he, right? Because he was injured. Because Fournette was injured, uh, Sodi Michelle even he really wasn't the starter last year. It was they had to be Cam Hagers Yeah, he got hurt. So and
0: then and then it was. Uh, uh, Henderson
1: yeah yeah Daryl Henderson so
0: uh,
1: you know as, as far as devalued I don't think so I don't think so it, it, that all goes to like the coaches like y- using wide receivers as running backs you know aka Debo Samuel Tyreek right. Hill you know stuff A- like that Patterson. so yeah, yeah. So I mean, are they gonna run a, an end around or you know, a reverse or something every once in a while, of course. But I mean Debo even came out and said that he didn't he didn't want to do that anymore. He's a receiver, he's not a running back. He didn't like doing that. So mm-hmm. uh, okay. yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Okay. Um yeah, I I don't see
0: think... I, I think teams are gonna be leery about like, that big contract because you know the one big contract. Ashley took the two big contracts on a team, quarterback and an edge rusher. The edge rushers are getting paid. Yeah. Edge rushers are getting paid. That's why linebackers are, you're not seeing linebackers get 10, 12, 15 million dollar deals. We just need you to tackle. The edge rusher. Get into the quarterback. They're, Edge rusher is like the quarterback on the field. We all know that safety is, but the edge rusher is the most important. Just like quarterback is the most important player on the team on the offense. The because you can't do nothing without a quarterback. We've seen it clear. We see what's about to happen in Seattle. We saw what happened. We saw what happened actually in Carolina. We saw what happened in Detroit. And if you don't have, a, if you don't have a top flight like quarterback. The team is dead in the war. Right. Right. But if you don't have a top flight like, edge rusher, your team's defense is going to suck. <laughs> <And much>. <laughs> your, your team's edge rusher is going to suck because you're not getting pressure on the quarterback. Quarterback has all day to throw. You know, cornerbacks can't cover, can't touch receivers after five yards. They're going to get torched. So yep. the, 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 the two positions that I don't see being divided anytime soon, if ever, at least while we're in this, while the NFL is in this style of play, is quarterback and the edge runner and the pass rusher. They're going to right. get the big bucks. Wide receivers are going to be that because the quarterback needs someone to throw the ball to. Um, do I think teams give it, give wide receivers a second contract? Only if they're truly <clears throat> integral to their team's success. Only if they're truly, and we saw how that. And even that is not even the correct argument now because we saw how we know how valuable Devontae Adams was to Green Bay Packers to Aaron Rodgers. They traded. Right? We saw how valuable Tyreek Hill is to the Kansas City Chiefs. They traded. We saw mm-hmm. how valuable AJ Brown was to, to the Tennessee Titans. He got traded. I don't think they give. I don't think they get a second. I don't think they get a second contract. And that, and, and, that's, and that's, not saying that the position is devalued. Teams just, teams just not going to want to spend that money when there are excellent running, there are excellent line receivers coming out of the draft that they can pick up and only have to pay them seven million dollars a season on a right. contract. So I don't see. I don't think it is. I don't think it's a devaluation. I just think there's so many good receivers coming into the league. So, yeah, I I, 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 I mean, there's so many good receivers coming into the league and offenses are being tailored. Well, you can tailor an offense around a receiver. You can tailor that offense around it, you know, it ain't just one, you know, two wide receiver sets, everyone playing out of the eye formation. You got three, four, you got three, four receiver sets. You got tight ends who who are playing like wide receivers. And can go over the middle, can can run a fade route, can run a you know a you know a pull out. Who has the same the same uh, receiving receiving tree as a wide receiver? I think that's where the game has changed. You when you can in a, and don't forget you have running backs that you can line up on it on the outside. So and a so lot I of think them do and a lot of them do that. because that is the NFL game. You want to spread mm, yeah, the off- that, that,
1: spread
0: That's the field. just the way the game has evolved. You want to spread the field. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a devaluation, but it's, it's, it is something to think about as we right. uh, progress in this offensive era of, of the NFL. Because defenses ain't taking over anytime soon. Not yet. Maybe no, not ever. Not again. yet. Um, so. I don't think it's a devaluation. I just think the game has changed so much that you have to have multiple you have to have multiple top flight receivers or just or two, a good X and a Y, and make sure that your slot receiver is serviceable. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> and then That's there's right. some that teams that there's I'm, I'm sorry. There, there's there's a few teams that have that right now. Okay, I mean look at uh, look at the Raiders. They got Devontae Adams now. Mm-hmm. They got Darren Waller as a tight end. Uh oh, I could never think of the guy. Even name.
0: even Miami with
1: Tyreek Hill and Mike Mike yeah. G- 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 Right. That's what I'm saying. And so yeah, like you're right. It's just the way the game has evolved. Uh, you know, in, into the 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 past happy offenses and the you know, throw it for five, 6,000 yards a season, stuff like that. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It sure is fun to watch. I know that. It,
0: it, I know <laughs> it is it, it, it's, it's very exciting to watch. It's very exciting to watch. Um, I, I just think that this RJ wants to become a president one maybe three, four years down the road. I, I, yeah, I, that's I, I true. see that. I see it happening. I see it happening. I don't like I said, I don't think it will be a devaluation of the Robert Season position. I just think it's going to continue to evolve. And <clears throat> you're gonna I mean you've already you have already had the argument of should a should a tight end get paid like a the Season? Because a lot of them are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of them I, are I, playing I, yeah. like like you know, just throw throw the names out there. Mark Andrews, uh Travis Kelsey, there's so many names Darren Waller. Mike like to like the second, there's so many you can like, even you know a couple years ago, Logan Thomas in DC. You know, yeah. it's it, the game is evolving, the game has changed. And the more that tight ends and running backs get involved as pass catching options, we're not gonna have with one running backs like like Renna Fernandes and all that in the league anymore. No it's gonna be small skinny guys that can go out, line up on the X, line up on the X, and line up outside and stretch the field that way.
1: Mhm. Absolutely right
0: Alright so last story of the night uh, did you get a chance to watch uh, either UFC or uh, the Canelo fight Saturday I
1: did not I did. get a chance to watch the Canelo fight the Canelo fight sorry Um. I, I only caught like I think the last two or three uh, fights for UFC that was it
0: no, so you, I didn't. You, was you what, able to see the Oliver the, the main, the main event? Yes. Okay. You gotta yes. talk about it more than I can because I didn't. I didn't watch it. I actually fell asleep because um, um, Saturday was a little crazy for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it goes back to what I've told Greg on you know recent episodes when he was talking UFC that I, I don't really follow the UFC that much, um, but you know, it was there. I was like, all right, I'll watch it. So I watched, you know, I caught the, like I said, the, the, the last two or three matches, that was it, uh, or fights. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the main event, it, it was, um, it, it was good. It was all right. But this Oliveira dude is, uh, man, like pound for pound, this dude is a beast. Like, because uh, I forget who he, who even fighted. Or who who even fought? I think, fighting, uh, um, but he was uh, he was the underdog. He showed up to, or, to for the weigh-in. He was a half Come half off. a pound, uh, yeah, of making weight. So they stripped above his title. Uh, so basically, he was fighting this fight to be the number one contender. <laughs> so. You know, but, um, yeah, he got knocked down two or three times, and I thought he was done, but they let him up. Or, yes, it was Justin Gaethje. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he, Gaethje let him up three times, and boom, he got him down on the ground, put him in a submission hold, him. I mean, basically put him to sleep like that, and it was over.
0: Okay, like I said, I didn't really, I got I really didn't. I didn't watch yeah. it. <laughs> um, of course, my my benevolent brother, he's box the boxing fan. So you know, when I woke up Sunday, he's like, "Did you catch any of the Canelo fight?" I'm like, "Come on, man! You saw me sleep on the damn on the damn floor." No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, came in, uh, I came in. I came in. I I went straight to sleep. So,
1: all I know is Ken- Canelo lost. That's all he I know.
0: That. But it's only his second defeat. His second defeat. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, so that is that. So we have reached the motion of the show where we give out our coveted awards for the week. Lou, do you have any for this week? I do not. Okay. Um, I do not. <clears throat> I don't really have any either. I'm just, I just I do, I, I think that's like back. I have my weekly Ben Simmons, your award goes to Ben Simmons. Because, uh do you see the tweet after he had
1: his surgery I'm all in getting medicine shut the fuck up. <laughs> well I mean like we, we talked all that shit on him and everything but maybe his back was messed up then he, you know he had surgery so you know problem. what right so let's just end it here and I'll just say I, I hope he, the surgery went well and I hope he comes back and, and, and I hope he plays good put it that way I really do
0: I just hope he decides he don't want to play no more on guitars and goes off shoulder and and go run right. kangaroos <laughs> anyway okay that's it alright <laughs> so, so another great episode uh, great to talk sports for another week um, yeah mm-hmm. Greg we we'll hope you feel better feel better Greg We hope you feel better, yeah. Greg. Greg. You you feel feel better brother uh, and with that oh, and Pam,
1: Go ahead. Pam, Pam and Cashley, I just wanted to say happy belated Mother's Day. Cash, I don't know if you have any children or not but Cashley's right. not a mom yet okay, but I will
3: say yet. thank okay. you on her behalf Well okay. she has
1: a pet and she is a mother if she has a pet then she is a
3: mother so we're,
0: we're, we're on the bed too So uh, you have been listening to another episode of the Best Sports Show on Stereo the Young Black father Sports guest we will see you same back time, same back channel next week. Hopefully the full cast is Greg's better. And over uh, his visit, um, maybe COVID even her family's on, just doorknob. or not. Um, and with that, we'll see you next week. All right.
1: Peace, Peace out, y'all.
3: y'all. Hey, do you have the Wi-Fi password? Common words everyone has said in an airport, coffee shop, or any public place with free internet. Don't fall victim to internet hackers while using free internet thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN is one of those services you tell yourself you don't need until it's too late. We've used the NordVPN to browse the web, check bank accounts, and even stream apps like Netflix. It's the only VPN service that lets you bypass ISPs, perfect for when your job has sites you frequent like Facebook is blocked. It's the best VPN service you can get for both price and performance. Install NordVPN on up to six devices, including your smartphone, tablet, and desktop, and experience a service for yourself. Start protecting yourself and your content with NordVPN by heading over to nordvpn.com forward slash YBAB at checkout and save 75% on your subscription.